Good evening, people, and welcome to the first episode of Genre Breakdown with my special guest for this episode, Professor Cohen. Say hi, pro Professor. Hi, Professor. Yep, there we go. So, uh, guys, uh, like, if you don't know, this is the show where we uh, break down genres for your enjoyment, because if some people don't feel comfortable enough to get into genres but love music... Uh, this is what the show is about. So uh, today we will be discussing punk, uh, which is something that I think you, Professor, like a bunch. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I like a lot of different uh, types of music, but when you when you approached me and I reluctantly agreed, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you you asked me which genre this is the one. Uh, this is the one I chose. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll start off just this claim. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a, a expert on punk rock, but I'm definitely a punk rock appreciator. It's been a big part of my life. Um, one of many genres but it's uh it's good this is kind of warm up too for my counterculture class because yeah. uh as we as we run through kind of tracing the the thread that runs from the beatniks to the hippies to the to the to the punk uh it's a yeah it's a clear clear countercultural yeah hit. Uh, and also i'd like to mention we have a drinking game for you tonight it is every time that me or professor cohen say social you drink so let's see how this goes uh okay so uh so what would you define as punk, first of all, Professor? What would you say that the genre is? Interesting. Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a hard genre to, to define in some ways, just because there's, you know, there, there, there's become so many uh, uh, subcategories, right? right. Um, I mean, uh, certainly, you know, when it, when it started out, it was definitely kind of a, a reactionary genre. So, um, I mean, if we go back to, uh, I don't know the, I mean, there's a lot of debate about where it's, where it started. And we're going to uh, talk about that in a little bit. So, okay, yeah. Okay. So I won't, yeah. I won't, I won't delve too deeply into that, but, um, I mean, for me, it represents a, a, a music that's, that's, that's kind of raw. It's emotional. Uh, it's something that, uh. Uh, sort of protest music. Uh, one of the things that's absolutely central to it is is, is the the DIY ethic, yep, right? Of course, do it, do it yourself. Yep. So um, there's not necessarily uh, you know an incredible amount of uh, uh, you know musical expertise. You know, uh, all you need you know generally is a, 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 a kind of an angry protest attitude and uh, the ability to play a play a few chords. <laughs> Yeah, so. exactly. Well, yeah, I completely agree with all of this. And we're going to add more to that in a little bit as we go through the history of it. So before punk became punk, punk was uh, just a subdivision of rock music. And that is what is known as proto-punk. And there are a bunch of major proto-punk bands that help with the development of it. So I have three listed okay. out right I'm here curious. but they but they should be four uh, I'm, I'm curious, curious. Yeah, by, by the way i just want to say this is this is interesting too because we haven't prepped at all i don't know any yep. questions yep. and so on so it's good it's good so, so keeping um, me on my toes so in my opinion the first band or the first song to majorly influence in general the transition between like the classic rock and the more harder part of things is Helter Skelter by the Beatles off mm. of the White Album. Interesting. Okay. Because I wouldn't say it's the earliest example but if I had to pick one tra true transition point I would say that the White Album in general in terms of like music progression what it did for the music industry is incredible and Helter Skelter the distortion of the guitar in that along with the raw energy simplest drums imaginable one chord held throughout the song, it's pure punk. It is what uh -huh, it is. It's uh -huh. everything against the standard at the time. Uh huh. I mean, I'm, the album is definitely a, a masterpiece. I mean, something that 
because uh, I was I was big into the the, the the Beatles as a as a kid for sure. I was raised in a in a very musical house. Not that my parents were into punk rock. I mean more jazz, classical, Bob Dylan, this kind of thing. But of course the Beatles, and uh, yep. that was an album I couldn't totally wrap my my head around. Uh, like what is it, Revolution Number Nine? Yeah, too, really, which on the same album, which is just like a sonic experiment. Um, yeah, yeah, that's and also Revolution One with the with the extremely distorted feedback guitar. Yeah. John Lennon, it's I mean, you're, incredible. You're, you're, you're tracing it back even further. I mean, most, uh, if somebody asked me, I think I'd probably give more like the standard default answer. I'd say something like uh, uh, Iggy Pop, Pop and the, the Stooges. Stooges. Which yeah, is my MC number five. two band, yeah, which is there, my second band you, on the there list. You there you go. Yeah. All of their three albums are greatly influential for the development. It is what people consider to be the first uh, punk band, uh, usually. Iggy Pop and the Stooges, I would really recommend listening to the self-titled album first, because it's, mm-hmm. in my opinion, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it blends a lot of psychedelic elements at the time, but also the, the the tones of the guitar is just pure distortion, pure anger. All throughout the all of their albums, people say that Raw Power, their third album, is the best one, which I completely agree with, but if you had to start anywhere, I would say you should start with the Stooges, but that's an obvious take. And also the Who, in terms of early development, uh, okay. I sure. love Keith Moon's drumming. I have, yeah. I always have, and absolutely, um, and 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 Pete Townsend with, the, with the kind of the you know the windmill, the windmill guitar, yeah. and so on, and uh, and the and the smashing, the smashing, the smashing of the guitar, of which is legendary. This was, I mean, a, another another seminal album in my youth too. Uh, was was the, the 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 double album back when we had albums when music had this kind of material. I still buy albums. So yeah, they've made a comeback, which makes me yeah. really happy. I had loads of albums, but I had to sell them for rent money. But uh, but my, my <laughs> <laughs> my my pops had the, uh, uh, the 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 Woodstock album, and then I saw the movie at a very early age. And uh, yeah, when you see the Who on stage and, and Pete Townsend smashing that yeah, beautiful Gibson SG, and then just like very gently like throwing it out to the yes. audience, so uh, absolutely a punk ethic. Yep. So after that, kind of when rock got boring for a lot of the people, and I guess this is where we should start saying it uh, that punk is always gonna be connected with lower class people mm-hmm. as. Uh, rock is connected with it was like even it was seen as like rebellious but at the time like the 70s early 70s rock had pretty much been interrogated as the pop sound mm. right because the Beatles were the biggest band in the world obviously and then the Rolling Stones and all of that so rock kind of became pop it became the standard music so bands needed to come out and be rower and be more aggressive and be well, absolutely everything yeah, yeah for sure I mean you know as I, as I understand it too I mean a lot of the, the initial punk rock music was really uh, a reaction to just sort of the not necessarily that that rock had become so poppy but that it become so excessive yeah. these these huge kind of stadium bands you know like yeah. like the who in some ways like had who. almost become mainstream uh bands like yes even led zeppelin i mean uh, bands i loved growing up but uh you know punk rock was absolutely absolutely uh you know and pink floyd for that matter punk rocks you know uh, johnny Ro- them. johnny rotten famously you know early on from the sex pistols when he had this t-shirt basically it was a pink floyd shirt <laughs> and then he just you know uh, wrote on, uh, uh, above it i hate yeah. i hate pink floyd yep. they they ha- they hated that whole sort of commercial yep. aspect of it and then probably the first major i wouldn't say it's like extremely punk cuz i would say it's poppy as hell still 
but uh, in no way is it a, is it like a miss in the in the punk uh, legacy and that's the Ramon self-titled 1970 right obviously yeah, for sure that's for what sure. popularized it that's what people consider to be the first punk album but mm. I personally don't like it <laughs> yeah. I find it extremely boring as an album uh, Ramones generally have like two minute songs if you have to listen to a song by the Ramones I don't know go listen to Blitzkrieg Pop for the 300th time <laughs> I'm not really the big a big fan of them but that's yeah. interesting yeah I mean obviously they're seminal and a lot of people kind of trace them the first especially east coast i mean they you know ramones in new york you know and uh uh, sex pistols in the uk but um i I have to agree that ramon i i dig them but it was never it's not my go-to music somehow um but it's a yeah it's definitely worth a listen very melodic very simple just a few chords three chords usually three chords to the the, the other song the uh, drum beat is the same on every single song although was it marky yeah marky ramon drummer yeah he's incredible i absolutely love him yeah he's really in the pocket and 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 joey of course is just a yeah this great like some weird you know human (laughs) praying character that's so so true so yeah and then as you as we have mentioned already a couple of times punk really became punk and became what people know it to be and the band that everybody connects punk with usually the sex pistols over in the uk sure their album uh, now this is for me an embodiment of punk not as much anymore considering the legacy that johnny rotten has had (laughs) ever since that but uh, i even had this talk with uh, professor homer that he believes that the sex pistols were the ones that killed punk yeah uh, because it became a style after it sure Uh, of course johnny of course but the 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 lyrics really started being a thing there right they're all anti-authoritarian anti uh, capitalist, it's the style just going with the mohawk here. Mm-hmm. You connect all of that to the pistols, mm-hmm. of course, and Sid Vicious, especially being an incredible influence on the style. And uh, well, and Vivian Westwood was in that scene too. I mean, that was yeah. where she sort of, you know, the, 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 the ripped clothes, the clothespins, this kind of thing. I mean, she ended up being a fashion icon, yeah, uh, of, of course. Yep, and uh, that is the big problem that people have with the pistols uh, that they really became a style and mm-hmm. they really stopped being a uh what they were supposed to and especially after that uh johnny rotten going out as john lydon and then doing a bunch of dumb shit uh, uh in public yeah pil is pretty cool we'll, like we'll reach pill at some yeah. point yeah but i mean like in terms of him going completely against what he believed uh in the sex pistols because it was all an act i mean sure, the sure. sex pistols did wear swastikas on stage they did do all of that and I wasn't really and like and but they all did it for style. It was all for yeah, shock value. Yeah. It was all to pro, to provoke the public. Exactly. And and I mean, uh, it was also. I mean, the 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 thing that I look. I, I really I dig the Sex Pistols music. I, I love appreci- them. You know, I appreciate it for what it is. You know, it was a uh, it was a important record for me. You know. Uh, but that being said, the more uh, the more that I learned about them, the more in some ways I realized that uh, uh, it was largely an engineered band yep, in some ways too were. by Mal- Malcolm McLaren. Right. Um, and I mean, I don't want to digress into the situationalists and so on, but there was an interesting kind of political artist movement uh, before that that really came out of like you know 1968 protests in Paris and yep. so on and so on. Uh, and he was he was kind of part of that. So he was interested in this this form of kind of social activism that was yeah. very very public but it was but he also being a fashion designer and so on he he he, he could smell the money you know? absolutely so. but regardless of that in terms of their music they only have one album out never mind the bollocks mm-hmm. uh 
and it's an incredible album uh, in in my opinion and in terms of style uh, everything performances singing from Rotten I think they're incredible songwriting is also incredibly good and uh, it embodies it definitely has the DIY although it wasn't right it has the DIY attitude that punk will become synonymous with it's them playing in these shady venues mm-hmm. it's getting into fights it's all of that the uh, like as we mentioned a couple of times now the style as well with the distorted guitar only power chords one solo per song perfectly everything that a song For need, sure. needs not to a, be not, a, not especially talented on their instruments too. no I mean, Sid Vicious know, couldn't play bass he could not Sid play Vicious, bass they would unplug, unplug his bass whenever they played live yeah, yeah he, he was just there for the aesthetic of it uh, but enough about the pistols and then the third band which I have in my like well I have branded classical or like the re- like the first wave I would say is of course the Clash because uh, the Clash really need to be mentioned sure uh, the Clash self-titled album meaning their first one is a true punk 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 album now they were a lot more punk than the Sex Pistols ever were uh, mm. in terms of their beliefs and everything and also they were incredibly good at their instruments unlike the Sex Pistols. Uh, I love the self-titled Clash album. I really recommend that people listen to it. Uh, and in terms of their other albums, they kind of diverge a lot, and that's what makes the Clash one of the best bands of all time, in my opinion. From their second album, which is three hours long, I forgot what it's called, but they mix so many things in it. They mix rap with reggae, with mm-hmm. a lot of things. And of course, then they released their third album, London Calling. Yeah. Probably. Which is a ma- masterpiece. Probably one sure. of the best yeah. albums ever made. Mm-hmm. But I would really connect London Calling with the death of punk music. I think mm-hmm. that whenever that, when that album came out, punk was kind of over. For the reason that it was such a high form way of doing punk. Because people don't even label London Calling as a punk album. Mm-hmm. To my opinion, it's just dumb. Because mm-hmm. it is a completely punk album. But they would mix just like rockabilly with punk with reggae a lot of reggae like Guns of Brixton the most fam- yeah. famous song from the album um, they would all be involved in it and it, and it's just like such a variety of sounds that, that you can include but it being so countercultural at the same time and it all being so socially uh, aware of what's happening that it sounds like a regular pop album uh, but at the same time it's not mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my opinion punk had reached such a high state with this album that it, that people said there was pretty much no point in doing anything else after this in terms of classical punk so that's why it died and that's why underground punk came hardcore which we're going to talk about in a mm-hmm. little bit mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I would I, I, I was surprised to hear you say that you feel like punk punk ended at this point so maybe in terms of the kind of the popular ma- major label, the major main, label yeah, punk. The, so, the so-called mainstream which sounds kind of like a a, a, a stupid a, thing for a, punk that's a, a little bit of an o- <laughs> oxymoron yeah but yeah um, but yeah, Joe, Joe Strummer, Mick Jones. I mean, he was a genius. Paul Simonon, I'm a personal so. friend of Paul Simonon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So that kind of closes the first segment of this. So now we are going to have a music break. I'm going to play you one of the singles from the Sex Pistols from the first album. We're going to play you Pretty Vacant. So you can enjoy, Ooh. guys.
And we are back. Nice. You just listened to Pretty Vacant by the Sex Pistols. I didn't want to play one of their most popular songs because you can find that on your own and they're like a popular enough band that I would imagine you would have heard some of their songs. But like, yeah, okay. So we left off on the fact that punk kind of ended, the mainstream punk ended It Clashes London Calling, which all of you should go and listen after this. If you had to listen to one album, go listen to London Calling by The Clash mm. from, from all of the things which we're mentioning. So after uh, the mainstream punk died and it kind of faded away into obscurity, two major movements spiraled out of it. So we're going to talk about the more famous one, and the, but we're just going to mention it because it's a completely different topic, which I'm hoping to do for another episode, and that's post-punk. Mm-hmm. Post-punk, uh, in terms of stylistics, is the total opposite of punk, except for keeping the DIY attitude. Uh, it was People say that it was most commonly started by uh, Johnny Rotten, whose voice you just heard on his um, uh, band after the Sex Pistols called Public Image Limited and their self-titled first album, which is incredible and in my opinion is the only good Public Image Limited album. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, and also the other big band that I want to talk about is, uh, so while the Sex Pistols were touring, they got a lot of people with them, friends of theirs, and one of those friends decided to form a band and that person was Suzy Sue and she went on to form Suzy and the Banshees. Mm-hmm. Um, she used to be and the first Suzy and the Banshees album called The Scream is uh, a great post-punk album keeping a great punk energy to it uh, because people even consider it to be a punk album I have seen it on like 100 greatest punk albums of all time sure why not yeah. I mean I think the I think the labels are are, are, are fluid it's not so fixed and then, absolutely and with Susie Sue too on, on the guitar you had Robert uh, Smith, Smith for a while who, yeah yeah who went on to form probably the one of my big... favorite oh. post-punk bands The Cure yeah uh, well, I think pr- people probably know because they're still going amazingly. Yeah, I mean, incredible he's a, band. I just saw like footage of him playing at the Hollywood Bowl, and he just looks horrible, but ancient. But God, God bless him. <laughs> yeah, but so. he still wears the lipstick yes. and the uh, eyeliner. And, and exactly. that, that hasn't stopped. Still has this hair like a you know a dark yeah. a dark avalanche. <laughs> uh, yeah, and still still brings it. I saw that's the, so I saw true. them years ago. It's in, in, oh, incredible. That's so cool. Yeah. I really wish to see the cure. Like, yeah, that's true. So, you you missed all the good bands. Man, yeah. that's the one one of the disadvantages. I'm from Bulgaria, perfect. Nobody comes here. Yeah, nobody comes here. So yeah, so. now, the real uh, bread and butter of this podcast is uh, hardcore punk. So hardcore punk is uh, what punk became after it went into the underground and the P and So what is the difference between hardcore punk and regular punk? Very simple. Speed. A lot of fucking speed. <laughs> like, it's just these songs that are like from 180 to 250 bpms fast just fast they're incredibly fast they're also incredibly anti-authorian they deal with lower class yet again extremely anti-capitalist uh and uh done for smaller venues not really like the stadiums that the clash would feel for example Mm. and they would tend uh yeah uh so the first band that majorly popularized hardcore punk is uh which one do you think it is professor what would you say is like I mean, I, 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 it's, it's for me, it's, it, it's hard to kind of pin down. It's like I think in terms of like East Coast, West Coast, because there's two really right. radically different movements. So right. 
So uh, I don't know the bike coast actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't. It's really, it's really, it's really geographic for me. But it um, is. you know, if I'm thinking, if I'm thinking West Coast, uh, it's more uh, Circle Jerks, The Germs, X bands like that. Uh, and East Coast is Minor Threat. You know. Uh, right. So. So uh, I personally don't think it's either of these. <laughs> but but yeah, we're gonna talk about some of the bands which you which you just said. But uh, generally speaking, the first major band that broke out. From the underground to create hardcore punk is bad brains, in my opinion. Uh, which is East Coast, DC, the DC sure, scene Yeah, they're too. the DC scene, which we're yeah. gonna focus a lot <laughs> while talking about this. So, bad brains, uh, bad brains are Jamaican, I'm pretty sure, all of them, and they have forever disregarded the label of uh, hardcore punk, and they've always said that they're reggae slash whatever, because they did start off making reggae. Then they dropped self titled Yellow, because it's a yellow cover, and that was what really, really pushed hardcore punk. It's fast, it's aggressive, it has incredible songs on it. I'm not the biggest fan fan of it because I don't really like the mixing of reggae with uh, hardcore punk in the way that that album does it in particular because I love reggae uh, and also yeah, me too. No, yeah. bad, bad Brains is an acquired taste for sure but yeah. but kind of incredible and here yeah. you really do start to see the first DIY aspects of what we were talking about Bad Brains first album was incredibly low budget when you hear the recording it all sounds muffled it all sounds weird but I I really like like the hardcore songs from it, uh, and we should probably mention here that these Jamaican influences wouldn't go away. Uh, reggae uh, is seen as the Jamaican punk; it is as countercultural as punk gets, pretty much. And uh, you will see a lot of influences going forward. So then, in terms of hardcore, uh, probably the most like the band that people associate hardcore punk with the most, I would say, is Black Flag. So, uh, like, yeah, absolutely, cor- yeah, another West Coast band. Absolutely, yeah. yep. So Black Flag, uh, fast, exact same stuff, pretty much as uh, Bad Brains, except that they have uh, Henry Rollins on vocals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Well, uh, it wasn't wasn't him initially, but wasn't uh, him initially. But those are the, my my favorite years of Black Flag for sure. That are the Rollins years. I okay. mean, if you see, if you if you want to watch, uh, if you want to learn more about punk, uh, than what you're going to get kind of in a, an hour, in an hour uh, yeah. you know, podcast. But whatever, it's a podcast. What, are we a podcast? No. Yeah, we're a podcast now. We're a podcast. Now. Yeah, we're officially wow. a podcast. Ooh, great! My first podcast. <laughs> uh, but there's a there's an excellent excellent film uh, which is called The Decline of Western Civilization. I don't know if you have ever seen it. Nope. Uh, I think the director is Penelope Spheris. She went on to do some sort of other no, films. No. Okay. And it's a it's a street level documentary recorded in the. It's all it's only about the West Coast punk scene, uh, and you see performances and interviews with you know uh, the musicians and punks, and it features. Black Flag, and you see Black Flag pre-Henry Rollins and all those guys living yeah. in this like really weird kind of abandoned church. Yeah, I've you heard see about Circle that, Jerks, yeah. Germs, uh, X, you know, a few other bands that somehow didn't even really stand the test of time. Uh, it's, it's a really excellent uh, yeah, uh, document. Absolutely. Fantastic music. Circle Jerks and... Uh you just mentioned it. I'm sorry. What, what was the what black was flag? No, X. No, 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 the other one. Uh, Circle jerk, and then you said germs, right? Germs. Uh, germs. I yeah. like the Dar- two. The Dar- two. Darby yeah. Crash. Yeah, the two bang, punk bands that I am missing on. Uh, I've never really listened to them, and uh, I really should. We should play some Circle Jerks tonight. Yeah, at, we least, at least one or two should. songs. Yeah, because I love I love them. We absolutely so. should. No, I have heard some things, but I've never like. Yeah. Uh, Delve deep sure. into it. Uh, Black Flag are also very important for the simple reason that, like, so their first albums and like their first so pre-Rolling Sears and then some of the Rolling Sears is just straight up hardcore punk mm-hmm. with songs like with albums like uh, Damaged, uh, which uh, um, uh, with my uh, previous band uh, Threesomes on uh, RGC Springfest last year we covered uh, Six Flag, Six Pack, and 
of a TV party sure, and uh, sure. the other one, uh, Rise Above, yeah, okay, which are like the three most famous Black Flag songs. But they're very important for the development of it because after they w- after they did that, uh, they uh, like their second, uh, their like next albums like. Uh, my war and then the red one I forgot what it's called they're incredibly like advanced underground punk in terms of like longer songs because the on the on the on damage songs are like maximum two minutes long right but then they become like three to four minutes songs on the on the red album they have the song black, black coffee which is seven minutes long like a seven minute progressive uh, hardcore punk song and it's incredible in my opinion and yeah enough about black flag then we should talk about minor threat um minor threat is my favorite hardcore band i absolutely love them they only have one album and it's called i i, I don't think it even has I a name it's out of step is it okay yeah, yeah out okay of, out of step how does that the green the green a couple, couple EPs. you can basically yeah, a couple i mean EPs. When, when i had uh just just to date myself but uh uh I mean, I used to have a lot of my hardcore. If I didn't have an album, uh, I would have it on a cassette. And I think, what, cassette was 90 minutes, so 45 minutes on each side. And I, as I recall, you could have the entire... Because they actually they basically had one album, then a couple of EPs. Yeah. The entire discography, like all the all the songs of Minor Threat would fit on one side yeah. of a cassette. It was, it was 45 minutes. Yeah. And that was it. Their album on Spotify, because they only have one album on Spotify, mm. it's their full discography. That's yeah. the album. And yeah. it's 50 minutes long. That's all of the material which they put out. It's my, minor minor Threat is... Uh, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's absolutely one of uh, my favorite punk bands. It was regularly uh, kind of like my, my audio coffee uh, in the mornings yeah. just to get going. I would, I would put it on... And um, it's so crisp. It's so pure. It's so and pure. And of so course, good. you know the the lead singer Ian McKay we'll, was. We'll get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, has, he has he has a plan, people. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah. yeah, we should probably mention him. Uh, Ian McKay is absolutely incredible. I love him as a guy. Uh, he's very cool. One of the most calm dudes. He's like the Dave Grove punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, like mm-hmm. just like this super nice guy. He ran a label. He really helped out with the local scene in DC. And in general, he has connections all around the the music industry. And uh, also, fun fact: Minor Threat started a movement in hardcore punk, which uh, it's not really a music movement, but it's a movement nonetheless, and it's called straight edge uh, straight edge means uh, because of all of the aggression that goes into this music because for example bands like uh, Black Flag which we just mentioned used to have this big problem where uh, they would uh, be incredibly violent on the stage and uh, people would get hurt and it's generally when you look at recordings from that era of hardcore punk you can see people just going on stage throwing themselves into the, the crowd people would punch each other these huge mosh pits would follow extremely aggressively which put a very negative uh, light on hardcore punk but then Ian McKay came out and was like straight edgism means that you do all of that but you're not on any substance that's the point of it uh, you live a completely pure lifestyle he allows you to have coffee only he doesn't count that as a drug but everything else is a drug mm. Henry Rollins is also uh, straight edged but also his uh, his uh, views on life are interesting let's say it like that uh, but yeah uh, Minor Threat incredible band go listen to it we're gonna play a couple of songs in a little bit after we finish with this segment yeah they're uh, so short if you blink you might miss it yeah, yeah. that's, the, that's, the, the, that's the, why we're gonna play you two Minor Threat songs and they will reach up to a minute uh-huh. uh, no two minutes my bad okay so then one of my favorite hardcore bands comes up probably I don't know them as much as Minor Threat but in terms of like actual musicality they're absolutely incredible and that's the Dead Kennedys mm, mm. there's no way that we can go without sure. the Dead Kennedys four albums absolutely incredible uh, incredible everything songwriting their vocalist J- uh, Jello Biafram yeah uh, Jello Biafram yeah, J- yeah. Biafra, which, is, which is which is a pseudonym actually but mm-hmm. yeah because Biafra was a famous uh, uh, 
whatever African, yeah. yeah, right. Okay, yeah. Um, so what pretty much that Kennedys did is that they started making longer hardcore songs. Mm. Their songs stopped being a minute. Of course, they have minute-long songs, but everybody kind of connects them with their first album. Uh, oh my God, something, something for rotten vegetables. I forgot what it's called. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, but I really, really adore their second album, Plastic Surgery Disaster, the one with uh, Nazi punks fuck off mm-hmm. and uh, Halloween and Terminal Preppy and Government Flu. Like that album is absolutely incredible. The production of it is raw as all hell, but it has so much musicality in it. And probably from the bands that we mentioned, I wouldn't say that that Kennedy is is uh, the only political one we're talking about, but they're extremely political as mm-hmm. a band. Mm-hmm. Like, extremely. Like, they don't shut up about politics in their music. They have very sadly disbanded, and they've been disbanded for a lot of years now, and I absolutely adore yeah, them. Yeah, he, he ran for mayor, Jello Biafra ran for mayor of LA. Oh, actually. really? Yeah, actually, he, yeah, he didn't win, but yeah, <laughs> so ventured out of the music field into into that, too. Right. Yeah, and Hol- Holiday in Cambodia, too. Is, yeah, uh, the most summer. famous track is incredible. Mm-hmm. We covered uh, California Badales last mm-hmm. time with Blade. Uh, yeah, and then uh, hardcore all of a sudden became weird uh, a little bit later with uh, bands such as, for example, The Misfits <laughs> coming out uh, late 1970. And The Misfits were kind of in the lane of their own. They really didn't conform sure. to anything else sure. that was happening at the time. Uh, it's almost got a little bit of a kind of a, a goth element. Absolutely. You know, in terms of the, uh, the, the, you know, what is it, Glenn Danzig? Was mm-hmm. he the singer? Sure. Yep. Uh, and uh, the, the style of uh, you know the musical content spooky very halloweeny the you know the iconic misfits logo of, of the course, skull and the so skull. on do you but know the movie that that it's from uh, it's called the crimson ghost ah. and it's a serial so it's not a movie it's like okay. six parts okay. yeah um but yeah the misfits they're incredibly popular actually like outside of punk uh they everybody just knows like who the fuck they are uh, and their music has been incredibly influential even post Glenn Danzig who pretty much was all on all of their hardcore stuff uh, but then uh, he kind of left and uh, then it was uh, somebody else I don't know but they transitioned into heavy metal and that era is also pretty good I wouldn't say it's as good as their uh, hardcore punk era mm-hmm. but uh, yeah they have extremely melodic songs short but melodic Lascaress a bit uh, 20 eyes there all of these songs are just like very very easy to listen to and uh, a lot of people get into hardcore punk through the misfits mm-hmm. which in my opinion is fair enough uh, what was what was the band what was the band that pulled you in what like was, in general yeah That's what, was, a very the, good what question. was the band that basically made you appreciate punk well, what, I'll, t- I'll tell punk? you i'll tell you mine yeah go ahead for for me actually uh i mean I've, i grew up like i said with loads and loads of music but uh i was really obsessed with 60s music for a long time and then uh, prior to punk, it was more. Uh, I was honestly kind of a late uh, late bloomer to punk. I had some good friends who were punk punkers in in high school, but I found the music kind of like uh, uh, aggressive, abrasive, a little bit too much. Um, and I was interested in you know bands that were a little bit post punk that pulled me in. The Cure, Talking Heads, and actually early, early REM was very subversive. But the, actually, the album, the band that brought me into punk rock. Um, if you say kind like the next album that's coming up right now, it would be insane. I don't think it's going to be that, Try. but was was actually the Buzzcocks. Oh, Buzz, Buzz, Buzzcocks singles going steady yeah. because it's it's very very melodic. It's but it has melodic. that punk edge. It's you know and lyrically too, it's a lot of kind of broken yeah. heart songs. And, and I actually can't believe I can't believe I forgot them. And yeah, then, very classic punk band. Yeah, the Buzzcocks. And, and I think a, a good a good avenue in too. So I completely really. agree. Because my band <laughs> that actually pulled me in and the album is also my favorite punk album of all time and it's the next band that I have here. Right, because right. 
We have already mentioned about musicality and melody and all of that stuff with Dead Kennedys, with the Misfits, how they all went uh, very musical on it while keeping the energy, the DIY and everything in it. But I am personally an absolute sucker for Descendants. I uh, can't okay. go without okay. Descendants. I absolutely, their first album, Milo Goes to College, my favorite punk. No, it's not my favorite punk album of all time. That would be minor threat. But in general, no, wait, yes, it is my favorite no, punk yes, album. No. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So Milo Goes to College is my favorite punk album. It's incredibly melodic and it's a precursor to. Uh, pop punk it's what uh, pop punk would evolve into sure. and the descendants were on the cutting edge uh instead of talking about social and political issues they talk about themselves and they talk about yeah. uh youth teen yeah. years yeah, personal issues exactly it's very emo it's very mm. on the nose and uh actually the, i would really connect minor threat uh minor threat uh Descendants with another band called Rites of Spring. Uh, who you haven't heard of them? No, I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. So Rites of Spring have only one album, uh, and we're gonna mention them again because they're crucial to the formation of another band, which we're gonna talk about in a little bit. But um, pretty much Rites of Spring uh, kind of started the emo mo movement. It came from hardcore punk, and they would talk about the internal feelings and all of that, and it would like their musical, their uh, lyrical content, but eventually spiral over into something else but that's something else we're going to talk about in a little bit because for the time being we're going to play you uh we're going to have a music break and during the music break we're going to play you two minor threat songs so you're looking for two minutes of content guys <laughs> for two songs so uh yeah we'll be back in a little bit exploring uh the other punk subgenres which it devolved to and uh yeah so uh, you can pretty much enjoy this next song
Yeah, and we are back after listening to actually three minor threat songs. Did you get, guys, that those are three minor threat songs, or did you think it's one? I would understand if you thought it's one. Anyway, so after hardcore punk kind of faded out, uh, punk, I mean, no, so there are a lot of other uh, punk sub- subgenres that are uh, that were being created at the same time as uh, hardcore punk, but before we get to those, I would like to mention um, post-hardcore. So after hardcore kind of ended and people were sick of sick t- of uh, fast tempos and all of that, they kind of went into post-hardcore. And I am only going to talk about one post-hardcore band. Do you know anything about it, Professor, about the genre? Have you heard about it? I mean... You I- most likely know the band. Because... Ian McKay, after disbanding Minor You're Threat... talking about Fugazi. I'm talking about Fugazi. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, sure, sure. After, after Ian McKay uh, disbanded uh, Minor Threat, he created a new band. And that new band is called Fugazi. He also got Guy Picciotto, who is the vocalist of Rites of Spring, which I just mentioned. He was in Rites of Spring. Rites of Spring broke up. The two of them got together and created uh, Fugazi. So in terms of musicality, Fugazi has nothing to do with what we just heard. They're mm-hmm. slower. Mm-hmm. They're more in-depth. And also, I believe that they embody the DIY and punk attitude better than pretty much any other band ever. Uh, they're very famous for their live shows, which they would do live improvisation on. And also, every ticket would be $5, yep, that's right? True. That was the I thing. Saw, I, saw, I saw them. Wow. So, yeah, and not, and not only five bucks, but uh, one of the things that Ian McKay and Fugazi would insist on was that uh, every show was an all ages show. All ages, so, yes, yes. Yeah. Everything DIY, everything super safe, everything just as punky as it can be. I actually can't believe you saw them live. Wow. Like, wow. Did you pay the $5 ticket? Of course. (laughs) Five five bucks is a steal. That's so so cool. But the DIY attitude that these bands had would eventually progress into the indie scene, which would eventually, way later down the line, like 10 years down the line, would progress into Nirvana. Uh, So Nirvana really were a fan of uh, this genre known as post-hardcore, which kind of evolved into this DIY New York. You're from New York, right? I mean, I lived there for years. My folks are from there. So, right. yeah, that's my that's my shorthand for Bulgarian taxi drivers. So, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, they, so uh, the, this DIY aspect would uh, go into a genre which I'm not going to talk about at all. I'm just going to mention it called No Wave. Uh, you probably, do you know anything about it? Have you heard about it? So, No Wave kind of is a precursor to indie rock and to noise rock to be more precise. So, it's these incredibly embracing brands which would get the hardcore aspect of it from hardcore punk, from Fugazi, from all of these bands and then they would make extremely loud music Sonic Youth started off as a no sure, way band sure, sure. Okay. some other bands which I just want to mention in terms of post which people should listen to are the Jesus Lizard which uh, absolute, Nirvana absolutely adored and Flipper which is another band that uh, uh, Nirvana and also I absolutely adore their album Generic is incredible so now let's go into uh, punk subgenres these are in no particular order and they are kind of uh, super underground and if you actually if any of the listeners actually uh, check any of these bands out it would be absolutely incredible so let's start with anarcho punk first uh anarcho punk is just what it sounds like it's a punk with a lot of anarchy in it um uh, i have given only one band as an example and that's the band crass do you know mm-hmm. do you sure. know them yeah sure. uh extremely diy extremely lo-fi extremely everything made by themselves but what they mainly focus on is uh the extreme leftist uh ideals of the of the people in the band uh crass is a very good example of it they have a very interesting history which people should check out because i cannot uh, we don't have time to talk about it but their first album is incredible they have a song called uh, do they owe us a living which my roommate would play 
excessively when we used to live together. So <laughs> I, I was forced to like it and I actually do really enjoy it. But uh, yeah, people should listen to Crass. Now, a very subversive um, or like a very subversive, divisive. Subversive or subversive? Both. Okay, <laughs> all the above. All of the above. A band that uh, it's uh, kind of a precursor to two subgenres is the band Discharge. Mm. Do you know them? Yeah, 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 right. Not, not my cup of tea, but yeah, sure. I completely understand why. See, that, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I love them. I love them. They are a precursor to two punk subgenres. One of them is called crust punk. Mm-hmm. You, you're not a fan of crust punk. <laughs> not a fan, but I know, <laughs> I, I, I know it fairly well. Yeah, I uh, mean, I actually, I actually played in a in a punk band briefly when I was ooh. in college, and we went on we went on tour, uh, and we got to we traveled with a with a crust crust core crust punk yeah. band called, yeah. called Misery. <laughs> and part of the thing about the crusties is that uh, famously they never shower. They never shower. Uh, they never exactly. shower. The they, dreadlocks. Yeah, the dreadlocks with the soap <laughs> and the hair and 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 so on. Uh, and and on the way back, because uh, we were traveling in separate vehicles, our 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 car broke down. So we had to all cram in into the uh, the cross car van, <laughs> including their dog too. But actually, but actually on that tour, because uh, we went to New York and we got to play uh, the Pyramid Club, which was in Alphabet City in the in, in near the near the village, and CBGBs. We played CBGBs, which is a like seminal. I mean, a lot of people consider it kind of like the the, the birthplace of American punk. Yeah, you know, I was Talking Heads, Ramones, Patti Smith, you know, Television, all these That's bands. Crazy story, yeah. But uh, we played it in a Sunday hardcore matinee, so yeah. they, they would have that. So the only person who was there was the uh, the guy in the soundboard mixing yeah. it. But there's a tape. If so. I could describe cross punk in one word, I would definitely say trashy. It's like mm-hmm. a trashy version of punk. Uh, it's so like people. I don't think there's like generally like a musically good cross band. I don't think any of them can play an instrument. But it's all about the attitude. That's what matters. Sure. At the end of the day. So then we have D beat. Uh, cr- um, so discharge also started D beat. D beat eventually involved. Uh, it's it's this uh kind of a precursor and this blend between heavy metal and punk. So you have the growling vocals. Mm-hmm. Have all of it in it. Uh, uh, Discharge really started doing this later on in their career, though. Uh, but uh, and also the D beat, coming from a double beat, meaning that it's a very, very uh, metal-inspired drums. And Discharge songs are long; they're not like the usual uh, punk songs, which are two minutes long. They go up to like three, four minutes, like a, with the growling vocals, with the with the uh, kick patterns. It's very reminiscent of a heavy metal track. And I'm mentioning it because I personally don't like D beat. I kind of prefer Crust to D beat, but. Uh, not a big fan of Crystal. I mean, they're, they're okay. I like Discharge mainly. <laughs> Whatever. Um, D-Beat eventually evolved into Grindcore. That's the thing. Because Grindcore is like this mesh between death metal and punk. And then without D-Beat, that uh, would never have happened. And then uh, also Grindcore got a lot of the political aspects of it. Napalm Death uh, in their first albums, Come. Uh, it's a great uh, grindcore album, only but not for the faint of hearts. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have. Uh, oh yeah, I actually have it as a point. Damn, I forgot. I, I put na- uh, Napalm Death as a point in this. <laughs> okay. So then crossover trash, uh, suicidal tendencies. You know the band? Sure, of course. Yeah. Of course. Great. I like for, so punk was extremely pivotal to the development of uh, of uh, cra- of uh, trash metal, right? So like. Trash metal is generally uh, considered to be hardcore punk, along with heavy metal. Nirvana, uh, Nirvana, Metallica, for example, were incredibly big fans of Misfits. 
You mm-hmm. probably uh, like. Do you know about their obsession with the Misfits? No, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, right. Uh, their first album is, of course, it has like the it has the metal riffs along with the extremely fast paced. Uh, mm-hmm. The first Metallica album, Kill the Lights, incredible tr- trash metal album. But uh, Cliff Burton from the t- from Metallica, their basis had the Misfits tattoo. Uh, they covered. Uh, La, uh, Last Caress Life a bunch of times mm. and uh, Green uh, Poison and uh, yeah yeah that's that's about uh, the crossover trash if you want to listen to a crossover trash band which is extremely extremely extreme form of uh, punk it's like abrasive it's loud it has insane amounts of just like distortion put on everything and insane amounts of like uh, heavy metal vocals you should check out the first Suicidal Tendencies album I like it a lot lot and then probably let's get is, into is this institutionalized on that or is that later you know the one all i wanted was a pepsi <laughs> you know the song no. where basically his mother he asked his mother for a pepsi and who uh the least suicidal tendencies song. <laughs> institutionalized i've, I've yeah. never heard of that really uh, yeah was, i think it's probably their most famous song but yeah anyway but it's yeah, also yeah, the first album no yeah, way probably not probably not but they were and they were part of the kind of the west coast uh yeah the, the, they were a skate band too yeah because so, them agent orange a lot of a lot of it was connected yeah. with the dogtown guys and skating and there's so some sub genres here which i haven't included and the two most major uh, ones you're probably not, you're not comprehensive man i mean it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> you can like, only cover so much yeah. yeah in an hour uh i didn't include uh oi and uh skate these mm. are the two genres that I didn't include. We, we can do without OI. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. But in terms of skate punk, I didn't agree. I didn't include skate punk. I added pop punk. Okay. So when okay. so pop punk uh, in the nineties, it started developing, and it pretty much took punk to the most famous spot that it, it has the, ever the, been. Gr- the, the Green Days, the Blink-182. Literally the crap. two bands I have written yeah, down, right? Yeah, so Green Day, uh, Green Day, an absolutely incredible band, uh, mu- musically and thematically as well. Mm. I absolutely love uh, two of their albums, and those albums are Dookie and American Idiot. In my mm. opinion, both of these albums are absolutely incredible. And Blink, I am a very big sucker for Blink, even though I don't think they're that good of a band. I just find them incredibly fun. It's infectious. For me, it's for me. They somehow they uh, they cross the line with the commercial success, which is not their fault. But that being said, there are certain songs when they come on, uh, they're they're it's impossible not to kind of you what's, know. What's t- your tap favorite? Your, tap your foot. What's your favorite so. Blink song? I, I don't. I'm not that into a man. I know. I mean, it's the only one. Is the is the what the all the small things. all the small things. Yeah. And, and I, I, I like I said, I'm not a fan. But when the song comes on, kind of like uh, yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's fun. It's it fun. Yeah, it's a very tight little track. Yeah. So yeah, I completely and, and agree. I, and I don't want to hate it just because you know it's popular. So yeah, I mean, I would imagine like all of the people that are listening probably know who I'm sure they, they are. <laughs> right. Yes. So then we have one last. Uh, uh, subgenre to talk about before we play a song and I come through and I guess the two of us come through with our album and band recommendations in general so and that is Ska so uh, Ska Punk we can't go without Ska Punk Ska Punk is I would argue the second most uh, uh, famous incarnation of Punk it's incredibly big it uh, kind of evolved from reggae as the reggae like down up down up down up type of like beat it's incredibly infectious I absolutely love the rhythm of it mm. uh, and it's a great blend between the Jamaican aspect of that uh, really was a big influence on uh, Punk in general the entire authority as well and it's kind of all coming a full circle with this uh do you have any opinions about Ska? I love it. I, I love it. Ska. I've seen the uh, the Scottalites. I never got to see the specials, but I would say the specials probably 
I mean, I played the grooves off that that album. So, do you have a favorite ska band? It's got to be. It's got to be the Specials. They, for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I completely agree. I mean, the, the other bands that were Scottish, you know, came later, but they softened the sound a little bit, like English beat, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know. Also, fun fact for the Bulgarian listeners: uh, ska is pretty much the only Bulgarian punk we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bands What's, like okay, name what, dropping a Bulgarian band. Bands Wikida, like Wikida. I love Wikida. Wikida is amazing. Do, do you actually like? Do you know them? <laughs> I mean, I don't know them personally. I've seen I've seen them live a couple times. Wow, I haven't. And it and it and it blew me away. Well, they supposedly they broke up too, but then I think recently they played another show. Yeah. I had a friend who did a kind of an art installation show, oh, and he knew so them. And Cool. Brought them in. They played right in front of All Stars here. They did just a street show. I, oh my god, that's five such... six years ago. I wouldn't was... have known them at the time. I wasn't into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah go listen, Bulgarian audiences. Go listen to Wikida. They're yeah, incredible. Support, support your local bands. Yeah, yeah, local Sofia bands. Anyway, we're gonna play you two ska songs right now because all the one we'll see how it goes. Uh, it's from the. Actually, the professor can suggest the other ska song. But we're going to play an Operation Ivy song. And that song is called Room Without a Window. And we're playing it because uh, we covered it with RGC Live. So, uh, so listen to this. And after this, we're going to come with our album recommendations. So uh, stay tuned. It's not to be mistaken for attempted education or righteous accusation. Only a description, just an observation of the pitiful condition of our generation. Walls made of opinions, to which we think of never listen to like made of pride. Business has no satisfied, so let's made of rage. Parties only age, always closed and dead of whips. Everywhere we wait, just a room without a window. Get me out, room without a window. Get me out, get me out. Floors made of lies, we gladly into the inside. Corners made of borders, and borders made of honor. Face up with the woods of fallen To a different way to think. Got a room outside of mine. Yeah, we got up. We can't see out because we're blind. But I got to show. Gotta make us a whole swing. Alright, from the room without a window to a different way to think. The position being taken is not to be mistaken for attempted education. Righteous accusation, only a description. Just an observation of the pitiful condition. Burden generation. From without a window, can't see out. From without a window, can't see out. Can't see out. From without a window. Time 
Our song recommendations for you guys. Uh, so, and albums. I'm going to do albums. Uh, Professor Cohen can do whatever he wants to. So, uh, okay, let me just get my note of the way first. So, if you want to get into punk, please go listen to Nevermind the Bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols by the Sex Pistols, their only album. It's great. It has great songwriting, great production, and it's nowhere near like as abrasive as uh, uh, some punk would be. Then if you want a bit more of an elevated punk experience, I would really recommend listening to London Calling by The Clash because it's just one of the best albums of all time. And if you have to pick one song from it, go listen to London Calling, which actually we're going to play at the end of this, and uh, or Guns of Brixton, or Hateful, or literally any song from the album, because they're incredible. If you want something that's faster, but not particularly more aggressive, or, or more like um, not melodic and more, yeah, if you want something more energetic, but also something you can relate to deeply, I recommend listening to Milo Goes to College by The Descendants. They have, it's 20 minutes, it's 15 songs, and it's 20 minutes long, mm. and I really recommend you go and listen to it, because it's just incredible. And then uh, if you want something more abrasive, but not too abrasive, but pretty goddamn abrasive, I would recommend listening to Minor Threats, only album on Spotify. You can pick uh, songs from it individually to listen because they're kind of independent of each other, but you can also just go in order. The first song on the album, pretty sure it's the first song, it's called uh, Sing Red. It's absolutely incredible. Go listen to it. And they eventually have more melodic songs down the line in the album. And then finally, I would recommend if you want a truly abrasive political experience, go listen to Plastic Surgery Disasters by Dead Kennedys. It's one of the best produced punk albums of all time and it's absolutely incredible. I love the song writing on it. Uh, on it. Riot is my favorite song from the album. Yep, so those are my takes, uh, my picks. So, Professor? Cool, cool. Well, I mean, Minor Threat would definitely be one of mine. I, I, I listen to that constantly. I still listen to it, actually. Uh, it's one of the one of the few punk bands that I actually listen to on a, I don't know, at least a monthly basis. Uh, hmm, it's tough, man. It's tough to narrow down. I think... Uh, 
for me, um, in, in addition to the uh, to, to London Calling, which is you know an absolute masterpiece, I like uh, I like Sandinista Rock, which is great. Um, by the Clash? Uh, or no, it's not that. It's a uh, black market. Uh, I can't remember. It's the one that's it's it's really like dub and reggae, this kind of thing. Uh, is it the Clash? Yeah, song or album? No, it's an album. It's an album. It's black market something, <sighs> but. Uh, I would also strongly recommend that uh, the Buzzcock "Singles Going Steady," which is basically "Singles Going Steady," is 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 their essentially their greatest hits album. So uh, it combines like I don't know, probably the best songs from the you know three or four records they had before that. Uh, a band that we didn't mention. I don't know if you know these guys, but uh, a lot of the West Coast bands and a lot of the the the, the seminal record label was uh, was SST. Uh, Black Flag was on SST. The label, yes, I yeah, know the, the label. label. So there's a band that was on SST, uh, which were called the Minutemen. Have you ever uh, heard of them? Yes, yes. Yeah, and and they're uh, they're called the Minutemen. Most of their songs are about a minute, a little bit longer, but, <laughs> but musically, uh, it's it's incredibly rich, really sort of diverse sound. D Boone was a great songwriter, great guitarist, you know. Um, so they have a they have a double album, which is called. Uh, double nickels on the dime, uh, and that's you, you know. I mean, you'll 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 understand pretty quickly if it's something that's you know that's that that you dig or not. Uh, Circle Jerks. Uh, I think it's I think the album's called Wild in the Streets. Uh, another really great straight ahead uh, hardcore band uh, that I would strongly recommend. And then a um, little bit of a departure in the sound, but there's a, a, a British band called Wire. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, Go listen to Pink Flag yeah, by it, The Wire. Exactly. Pink, <laughs> Pink Flag is the album, and it was quite, quite influential. In fact, uh, one of the few recorded cover songs that Minor Threat does is, is a song called 12XU. Yeah. 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 It's about 40 seconds long yeah. or something. But Pink Flag, the album is incredibly punk, even though it doesn't have the sound of it. Mm -hmm. uh, one minute songs. 30 songs probably on that record and they were all like kind of just recorded live out of jams like that's how the album was composed and it's so good yeah. it's so yeah. good like it's like one of the best albums ever made like uh, disregarding everything yeah so that's I mean those are my yeah, main, that sounds one, about main it. ones I think and I think if you get into it you know it will probably lead to other things and you know just to reinforce too that you really should go back and listen to those early uh, uh, Iggy Pop and the Stooges records absolutely and go listen to Raw Power and the, and, and the self-titled absolutely Iggy's amazing man he's, st he's still going you know he's still bringing it on stage he's like he he I can't say he's in good shape, but yeah, he looks not. sort of good. But no, the fact that he's, he's alive he's, after all the shit that he incredible. has done is incredible. He's, 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 he's on a very healthy regime now, but, yeah. uh, but he's so old that you see him still shirtless on stage. Yeah. And, his, and his skin <laughs> is like a loose sack. Yes, it's, yes. Guys, Google wild. Google Iggy Pop body meme to, 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 to see what we're talking yeah, about. It's quite, yeah. it's, it's quite something, but he brings it. Man. Well, sad torso, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I guess that we should leave it off at that. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the first episode. Uh, I hope you had a blast, Professor. I thought it, I, I, I personally really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, it was fun. It was easy. Yeah, it was, it was, it was easy. so fun. I, yeah, and I, we really hope that you guys that are listening start listening to more punk because it's an incredible genre that not too many people are into nowadays because everybody's listening to pop and trap, which are not bad genres in any way. But go listen to some punk because it's fun and it's cool. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll leave you off with that. Thank you so much for uh, listening to us. And uh, we're leaving you off with uh, London Calling by The Clash. So have a nice evening, guys. All right, see you all later. See ya. Bye.